My name is Nathan Kolopek. I am Matthew Morkin. And this is the Veritas Equipping Podcast. Our goal is, especially during this time, to equip you to live out your faith and love Jesus well. Hey, Veritas, getting ready to listen to this podcast, we just want you to know the quality might be a little bit off, had a slight technical issue, but the content is good. We're excited to talk about foster care and adoption, especially in this Christmas season. So we've got a great conversation with Ian Crosby here. We'd love for you to listen in, even if the quality is a little bit different than usual. So today we've got Ian Crosby with us. And and Ian, I wanted to kind of introduce a topic to our church family that I know has been important in your life and in your family. A couple other staffers, too, have have been involved in foster care and adoption. So, man, today... Again, I'd just love to hear from you how you guys got involved in foster care, what that's been like for you guys, maybe even what the Bible says about things like foster care and adoption. I can't think of a verse that says, you know, thou shalt be a foster parent, but would love to hear even the heartbeat behind that. So for our church family in this equipping podcast, can you just introduce yourself real quick? What do you do around here? Who are you? Yeah, my name is Ian Crosby. I am the family ministry director here at Veritas. And so, yeah, I do that. <laughs> I get to oversee children's ministry and student ministry and our team and a bunch of leaders and volunteers. It's, uh, What's your wife's name? How long have you been married? Uh, wife's name is Morgan. Uh, we've been married just over five years, five years in August. So Sweet. Yeah. I'm glad you remember her name. That's yeah, good. I was like, yeah. Morgan. <laughs> Morgan. <laughs> and you guys are foster parents. Yeah. So we have been foster parents for about a year and a half now. We got our license at the end of June of 2019. So we're about a year and a half into it and it's been something, man. Yeah. It's been something. How many, how many kiddos have you gotten to have um, in your, in your home, in your life? Yeah. So we have had uh, four different children in our home. Our first placement was one child. He got him at three and a half months and Love that little dude. Uh, we got to transition him to live back with grandparents uh, after having him for about four months. And then uh, we got uh, two more kids at the beginning of February of this year and uh, transitioned them back to mom in mid-April. And then uh, they actually came back with their baby sister in mid-July. So four different kids, but we've been around two of the three that we've had for multiple times. The question that comes to mind, maybe someone listening in, is how do you even get involved in foster care? Like, how does this, how does it happen? So I, I want to hear a little bit of the motivation, maybe, yeah, biblical basis or even that conversation in your guys' marriage. Like, how did you get involved in that? And then briefly the process, just so it's not mystical to people, you yeah. know? Uh, so what was the motivation for you guys to get into foster care? Yeah, so Morgan and I, we started this conversation probably year and a half two years into marriage Morgan had always wanted to adopt like that was something that she was pretty passionate about and I was like that sounds pretty cool and so uh, we started kind of talking about some of the things that we'd want to do within adoption and then uh, probably after having that conversation for a little bit it came down to it's like well what's keeping us from loving kids that are in our community right now Um, foster care I don't think was initially on either of our like minds and agendas when we got married uh, but then in Texas we started having the conversation of what would happen if we just started fostering kids 
Which you lived in Texas before. Yes, yeah, right? sorry, yeah. Lived in Texas for eight years before coming up here. Uh, we got married and lived in Texas together for about three years before coming up to Cedar Rapids. I just didn't want people worrying that if you go on vacation in Texas, yeah. you come back foster parents. Or, <laughs> you I don't could, know that could be what happens. But yeah, so we were living in Texas at the time. I was working at church, she was teaching, and we're like, hey, what would it look like to start foster care? And we had talked about it. The conversation came up like every three to six months. And we never did anything with it at that point. It just never seemed like we just never felt settled in that. Um, so then fast forward to uh, summer of 2018, we move up here. And about three months after we moved up here, we're like, we're pretty set that this is where we're going to be for a while. And like we should just start it. So started the paperwork that winter. And uh, yeah, and so kind of, how we got motivated to do it, I guess, was it started with Morgan's like heart for adopting and that was something that she really wanted to do and kind of morphed into what's keeping us from doing this now. Um, and I didn't, to be honest, I didn't really want to do foster care. I've heard stories of it. It's like, that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> like that doesn't sound like something I necessarily want to do. Um, but it was just one of those things where we just kept having conversations about it. Uh, I mean, in James, it says in James one twenty seven that religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and keep oneself unstained from the world. And it's like caring for orphans is a huge part of God's heart. And so those were conversations that Morgan was driving. And it was like, unless God tells us no, I can't really say no to this right now. And so that was a huge part of it. It was like, yeah, I didn't necessarily have this huge desire to jump into it, but God didn't tell us no. And so I was like, yeah, yeah let's let's do it. And so, so it sort of started with something God was doing in your wife's heart. Yeah. And, and as you looked at scripture, you saw this theme and decided to walk forward in it until yeah. God changed it. Yeah. And that's, and it really, God was really faithful in doing that. Like people who know me know that, man, we are advocates for foster care it's really hard and challenging and tough um but it's such a such a good thing what does the foster care system look like or the need look like in cedar rapids as you guys started going through i think you you go through classes right and yeah and all that so what and what is the need kind of in our city yeah so we'll start with just kind of that classes process of it so the process of getting started um, it can seem a little overwhelming at first. Um, part of that, I think it's a good thing though, like it forces people to actually go through the process before they're entrusted with kids. Yeah. But we filled out paperwork in November, took about, uh, that was just an application to jump into classes essentially. So filled out paperwork and then you jump into 10 weeks of three hours a week classes. And so every Monday from, I think it was like six to nine or something like that, we had classes for 10 weeks. And through there, you just learn about different situations, learn how to handle different things, learn about the system in general. Um, yeah, and then after your class is done, you have home studies that go in there where they come make sure that your house is a suitable place for children and how many children, that they send off your applications for licensure, and then it can take anywhere from a week to a month to get your license in. And so... We started filling out paperwork in November of 2018 and got our license in uh, the very end of June of 2019. So overall, it was about a six and a half, seven month process for us to even get started. Um, as far as need goes, I don't have a ton of stats. Like, I don't know the stats off the top of my head, 
Uh, but I know that after we got our license, we got our first call within four days of getting our license. Wow. And so, um, yeah, the, there is a need. Like, I just heard stories of, like, uh, another family in our church who does foster care. Uh, they brought a little one into their home, and then, like, two months, three months later, they got a call for a 16-year-old girl. And so it's like you get – it's anywhere from infant to – 17 year olds who need a place until they turn 18 and so there's a lot of need for a lot of different kids and a lot of different situations what's the goal of foster care like why is this something that we have processes for in our society things like that yeah so the goal and heart of foster care is to get kids reunified with their families with their biological family Um, and i think that was something that Morgan and I didn't really know to begin with. Like I said, Morgan had a really big heart for adoption. But then as we entered into foster care, started really learning most of the time it is best for kids to be reunified with their biological family if at all possible. And so we kind of in classes just got really convicted of that. And we're that I think it was probably we halfway through classes we realized we want kids to go back to their family if possible. And that's a hard thing to do, especially when you get thrown into it. Uh, we got our first placement. Like I said, he was a three-and-a-half-month-old. Love that dude a ton. We still love that guy a lot. Uh, we actually got to see him a little bit in uh, this summer and spring, so it was really sweet. Um, but we transitioned him to live with his biological grandparents in November, and it was just really, really hard. Like, it's one thing to say, man, yeah, the goal is reunification. The goal is to get them back with their family. And then when that actually happens, you're like, okay, I know this is true, but it really sucks right now because, like, you just love the kids a ton. And so it can be hard having kids in your home who have been through trauma or who have yeah. baggage, all that stuff. But then it can also be hard to, like, have them go back yeah. and be with and family. ultimately, like, to be honest, like, foster care, they're, in a perfect world, it wouldn't exist. Like, ideally, there would be no foster care in Cedar Rapids. Ideally, that would be great. And so I think just realizing that foster care is a necessary thing, but that doesn't make it like this really enjoyable thing. Like getting kids who have been through trauma in your home is challenging. Parenting kids who have been through traumatic experiences is challenging. Um, Reunifying kids to family is challenging, but even then just like realizing if adoption does happen with those kids, that means they have family that wasn't able to or doesn't want to take care of them. And that's just also really hard. Yeah. What are things God's taught you guys through this? What you're saying, man, this is a really tough process and you feel like God opened the door for it. Talk me through his faithfulness and the things yeah. that he's t- done in you guys through this. Yeah. Uh, this has been the most growing thing for Morgan and I. And I think we would not think we wouldn't have been able to do it without the community that we have around us. We talk a lot about how just thankful we are for Veritas and the other families who foster or just support fostering. And so we're so thankful for the community here. And one of the things that we've really just learned a lot is how temporary everything is, Um, just how temporal this world is. And especially as parents, I think we kind of can get into this idea that our kids are our own, that they are my child. Um, and this is what I want for them. And I, that's something that we learned in um, our first placement going back with family. It was like, this, he is not our child. And as much as like we would have loved that to happen because we love that kid a lot, like he is not 
our child and he is not ultimately ours. And I think when it comes down to it, all parenting can also be viewed in that way. And it's like, kids don't belong to us. They're gifts to us from God to steward well. Mm -hmm. And so I think that applies to foster kids, whether it's for a month, four months, six months, if it leads to adoption for the rest of their life. I think that's for biological parents who you like birth a child into your family but ultimately that child belongs to God and it's like how are we going to best steward our time with them and so as foster parents it's like I don't know if I have the rest of today with these kids and so how am I going to best steward that time and I think that helps set us up for if we have our own biological kids one day to realize I don't know what this will hold I don't know if I will have them until I die I don't know if they will be here until they like if they're going to die traumatically, like at a young age, if they're even going to make it out of the womb, like it's yeah. like kids are a gift that are to be stewarded by by us from God. And we're we're recording this a couple weeks before Christmas, and so there, there's a lot of that. Even as I think about God sending us His mm-hmm. Son, yeah, you know, and and we've got to be witnesses of Jesus, sort of. But He was a gift to us, and. Ultimately, yeah, I love what you're saying. All kids are a gift from God, a stewardship. And so even foster care, highlighting that in your heart and life. Yeah. Man, we don't we don't enter into something like foster care because we're great people or whatever. But if you know Morgan, you know that's not true, <laughs> right? But but it, it's even this expression of the way that God laid out history with Christmas, right? Yeah. Sending this incredible gift of his son and um, yeah, there, there's just a beautiful, I, I'm, I'm not putting good words to it right now, but like there's a beautiful theme in there that's really rich. So as you guys have done this, like even in your role as family ministry director, has it had an impact on how you see the kids wing or as you see like the student ministry or? Yeah, that's a good question. Honestly, I haven't really thought about it from that perspective that much. I think it has allowed me to like, understand a little bit more what it's like to just be a parent like up until summer of last year I've been trying to help lead ministries that are like based on the family without having like kids of my own to even be able to relate that with and so I think it's allowed me the opportunity to like help relate to parents more just in the sense of I am a parent now and so I think it has done that Um, but no I haven't really thought about that question as we, as we get to the end of our time together, this is an equipping podcast. We want to equip the people of Veritas to, to engage in the ministry God's got in front of us. I'd love to hear what things family in Veritas, like your church family here, what things they've done to support you guys well, and maybe any ideas for the person listening in going, okay, I'm not going to foster, but what do I do for my friends who are fostering right now? Yeah. Uh, that was one of the biggest encouragements to us, I think, is when we started uh, just our foster care journey was just how supportive and loving our community here was. As for, like our staff, our connection group, um, our neighbors and friends, like everyone just came alongside of us. And some of, sometimes it was, hey, we're going to make you meals that you can just stick in your freezer so that when you're tired and don't feel like making anything, you have a meal. Uh, we uh, were blessed to just be showered by like our staff and other people in our connection group with like 
just it was supposed to happen before we got our first placement, but it ended up like shortly after we got our first placement, and uh, they just like gave us books and wrote like notes in them and gave us gift cards to help us even just get started, especially as uh, people who had never parented before, like no idea what we're doing, have no supplies to do what we should be doing. And so even just uh, that physical uh, being blessed with Target gift cards to go get baby stuff and uh, our connection group uh, leaders at the time and other people in our connection group were just great at giving advice being there for Morgan and I like if we had a question uh, especially with infant it's like what do you do with a baby yeah. <laughs> like what do you do when the baby is stuffed up and can't breathe oh you get this really cool nose sucker thing <laughs> so it's like uh, just like having people to walk through it with us and I can't even think of like aside from like meals and gift cards to help like with those physical needs even just being available to ask questions and like how are you doing how can I help or just being there to listen when stuff gets hard because like I said the goal is to reunify and if you do foster care long enough there's a chance there's a good chance that that will happen and that's a really hard thing to walk through as foster parents and so even just having community come alongside of us and grieve with us as we grieved this great thing of reunification it's still a grieving process to us too and so man like our community was just here for us as far as like physical needs go like spiritual needs of praying for us and uh, praying with us um, just emotional needs of like hey I'm here and I'm here to help you and um, yeah and we've got neighbors who go here who uh, yeah, they they would pop over often to just care for Morgan, especially, and um, yeah, it's just been sweet. Fairy tales. We we hope, and I'm hoping two things are happening as you're engaging with with this today. One, I'm hoping for some of us listening that God would actually begin moving in your heart, where you would desire to, even if you know it's hard, where you desire to step into foster care adoption. There are broken families in our community that need a little bit more of the light of the gospel shining in. And sometimes that looks like just simply caring for a child for a few months and showing them what the gospel looks like lived out in a family. Yeah, and I think kind of along those lines too is we entered into foster care really expecting to make an impact in kids' lives. And in reality, like that has happened, I hope. But it's given us a really unique opportunity to engage with people in our community that we never would have engaged with. Like we've developed sweet relationships with bio family that wouldn't have happened any other way. Um, We've been able to have good like conversations about church and the Bible with DHS workers. And so it's like, it's not just caring for like kids, but it's also like entering into a completely different circle of connections that you wouldn't have the opportunity to step into before and so I think that was a really surprising thing for us but ended up having a really cool impact on how we live that's sweet and guys again as we kind of finish up our time I think the other application besides just getting involved in foster care and adoption is learning how to love and support the families in our church body that are through foster care and adoption we're not saying today everyone needs to go out and be foster parents I don't think that's a command, but I do think that's a burden many of us can take up, like a good burden from God. But there are people in our church body who need your prayer, who need your friendship, need your emotional support, need you to bring meals or coffee over, need you to just listen in when they've had a really hard day because 
they're hurting alongside the, the child that they are loving on who has gone through trauma or who's going back to, to parents or whatever. So we hope even in this equipping podcast today that you're equipped to think a little bit differently about foster care and adoption and think a little bit differently about how you could be involved in the lives of our family together as a church as we try to love those who are in need in our community with the love from the gospel. Ian, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, um, we absolutely. love you guys. Appreciate you. Thanks for setting a pace in this, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me.